to seal our understand, to complete our understanding of the Torah with the message stamp of Mashiach, the hafichat marira lematika v'chashucha l'naora, by transforming the bitter to sweet and the darkness to light. So I want to bless you. This is holy light, so much holy light in this holy sefer. So yashur koach, and may we all participate in, in experiencing the transformation of all the all the bitter to sweet and the darkness to light in Heirabi Amen. Amen. First things first. There's a machotas aposkim about whether you make a brach of Shafiano when you receive a new sefer that you wrote. And for all that Rav Kook was, and he was so many different things, Rav Kook was a, an ish halacha, he was a man of halacha. So, I have a new suit here, so that nobody should get nervous, you can all say I'm to the bracha. I have a new sefer, I have a new suit, and I bought a new guitar. So, the kol hadeos. The only question is whether I should make a tov hametiv on the guitar, I don't know. Baruch Ata Adunai, Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, Shehachiyanu, Vekiyimanu, Vegiyanu, Vazman Hazeh. To say that I'm overwhelmed at uh, the turnout here and the faces is, um, is an understatement. So very much this evening is not about myself, not about my dear friend Joey to write of me, not about Rav Judah who's going to join us soon. Not about any of us sitting here. What I envisioned in joining here in Rav Cook's house to celebrate this, this Sefer is an opportunity to say thank you Tashem for giving us Tzadikim Bichlal and for giving us Tzadikim who are for our generation Bifrat and even more Bifrat than that, for giving us the great neshama of Rav Avim Yitzchak Ahoy Kok to bring him down to the world. We should have such a neshama. I mentioned to a few people as they were trickling in that as we were setting up this event a few days ago, coming to try to, for some reason they let us in here, I don't know. My father said to me, how did you, how did you, how did you get in here? I had no idea how they, this is not a place where you just uh, waltz in. And as I was talking to some of the tzevet, Sir Rav Yitzchak told me, he said, he said, the room we're standing in right now is Rav Kook's bedroom. Hmm. There's a picture right over here. Rav Kook is standing right here. Rav Kook is standing right here in that picture. You see him over there. And these are the same benches, and it's the same air that we're breathing, and Rav Kook's vision is becoming a reality. So I want to begin with something slightly unconventional to properly enter into the Nagunim and the space that we're going to. There's, there's a nigun that Rav Kook hoped would be the national anthem of, of Eretz Yisrael. And for whatever reason, it, it didn't happen like that yet. But I want to teach it. It's very simple. The words will come another time. But at least we should know the nigun and the nigun should spread. There's a big part of me that believes that if this nigun becomes the national anthem of, of Eretz Yisrael, it would help to bring together a lot of the things that are loose at the seams. Who says that the decision has been made already, you know? I mean, we could have two national anthems. Or if Cook was broad like that, you could have more than one. 
a letter that Rav Kook wrote to one of his Talmidim. But as I was putting together the Sefer, I came across this letter. Very late, the Sefer was Kimat done, it was already in editing stage. And I found this letter that, as I wrote here, made my heart skip a beat, it made my hair stand on end. And every single person in this room, and there are people who are not in the room who want very much to be here, are part of, of this letter that Rav Cook is writing to us. Sometimes you're writing to a Talmud, sometimes you're writing it to everybody. Rav Cook writes, regarding the suggestion to print my discourses in a special anthology, this is most acceptable to me. And how precious it would be if someone found the strength to undertake the work of publishing them properly and to prepare with the help of heaven an anthology of everything that has been printed thus far, a sizable portion of my notes and writings together with addendums, an index of repaired texts, and perhaps some expansions and introductions here and there. And is it possible that this hope will yet come? Only Hashem knows. But I will continue to pray that Hashem will show me favor and grant my request that this meritorious act be brought about through meritorious people. We are the meritorious people that Rav Cook was hoping, was davening for. The act of translation, which is not, uh, it's not my, it's my first attempt at translation, as I wrote in the beginning, you know, hopefully someone will come and expound upon the translation in a way that will clarify it even further. The greatest thing that could possibly happen out of this is that more people learn this farm of Rav Kook, more people learn what Rav Kook thought Torah was, and to clarify his words so that they should be able to shine so that our generation can properly study and live a Torah which doesn't have to make decisions between this and that, but a Torah which includes everything. A Torah that doesn't have to choose between the Derech Alimud of the Vilna Gon and his students and the Baal Shem Tov and his students, but to be able to combine both of them together. A Derech of Limud a Torah that doesn't have to choose Nigla or Nister, but to combine both of them together. A Derech of Limud a Torah that doesn't have to choose between the more study-oriented versus actual living the Torah. Not to choose between them, but to live both of them together. And we are the meritorious people. We are the generation amongst other generations that Hashem is waiting for, that the tzaddikim are waiting for, that the tzaddikim are davening about. And to be able to say thank you to Hashem, as Jews do on Motzei, what do we do on Motzei Shabbos? We get together, we sing some nigunim, learn Torah, say sipur tzaddikim. So sometimes we say sipur tzaddikim, sometimes we make them.
In Olos Ra'ayah, in Olos Ra'ayah by Tachanun, on the, on the words Shema Hashem Kol B'chi, Avakadosh Baruch Hu, you should hear the, the voice of my tears. And Rav Kook explains that typically when a person feels something, over there he's talking about feeling Tachanun, but Bemis it's about feeling something. Tachanun is a place where people feel something, and there are other times also. And there are moments that are so deserving of tears. There are moments that are so deserving of a bechia. A bechia which is not necessarily, God forbid, a bechia that comes from a, a broken place. It's a bechia of leaving a broken place. It's a bechia of what Rabbi Nachman describes as b'shimcha yagilu kol hayom. At the Roshay Tevos of b'shimcha yagilu kol hayom, I praise out to your name all day. That's, that's Roshay Tevos bechia. And Rabbi Nachman says, that it's that Bechia that writes the Svarim of Machabrim. So there are moments of tears, there's Svarim that are written in tears, and there's celebrations of Svarim that deserve tears. And a person can be sitting in Beis Harav, the Riyakadosha, the Koyen Gadol Me'achiv, sitting next to Rav Davidol, Yedid Nefesh doesn't cover anything close to what Rav Davidol is. And, and, and the Bechiyah, the Bechiyah still is, is stuck somewhere, it's stuck underneath the, the stones. But Rav Kook, Sluza Ganelidu says, Shema Hashem Kol Bechiyah, Baruch Hu hears the voice of our tears. And he says, I get it, sometimes you can't cry in moments of Simcha, in moments of Dveikas, in moments of, of what Rav Davidu pointed out, history, history to Kedusha, history to Kedusha, the Hamshacha, the passage from the Tzadikim who gave birth to Rav Kook, which is every Tzadik, Baal Shem Tov, the Vilna Gon, to Rav Kook, and then through the letter, I imagine it was a letter to the Nazir HaKadosh, or I would imagine, I could be wrong, but the Nazir HaKadosh and Rav Yehuda was, I'm imagining, were the ones who took upon themselves such a holy task, and they accomplished in this holy task of compiling the writings. Down to, through different tzaddikim, Rav Levine's children, Rav Moshe Weinberger, tzaddikim of our generation, down to Rav Davil Weinberg, who's a Talmud of Rav Kook, a living Talmud of Rav Kook, a living, breathing Talmud of Rav Kook, to be mamshech, a sefer, and to, a sefer of tears, tears of love, tears of joy, tears of Torah, tears of Pneumius Torah, and it's the Kol Abachi that comes out, Stam, and all of Rav Davidol's Nigunim, but especially to hear Emunah and, and the B'ditch of a Nigun in such a place, who like, 
who like Rav Kook, Schusa Ganelenu, understood the secret of the Sangoria Shel Yisrael of, of Rav Levi Yitzchak Meverdichev. And the Motzei Shabbos, Rav Kook says, it's very good to sit together to be Melamed Schus on Klai Yisrael. And this itself, as Rav Davidel pointed out, this itself is the Limud Schus. And so, so Be'ezrus Hashem, it's a Schus to be in such a, in such a place, in Avne Kodesh, in a Makam Kodesh, in a house whose, whose walls are saturated with, with ore. Walls of light, Mamishnat, there's no other descriptive word to describe what Rav Kook was doing other than light, other than lights, the biggest of all lights. So Be'ezrus Hashem to sing Nigunim, to be with Hevra and to be with Rav Davidal in such a, an amazing, amazing, you know, celebration of Torah and what should be the beginning of many, 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 many more svarim being Mavar, the Torah of Rav Kook and the Torah of all the tzaddikim Be'ezrus Hashem. Did you die, 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 die,
course, the Torah was compiled at a time when the Jewish people were in desperate straits. We have a Masorah that he wrote two books at this time. When he was exiled from Eretz Yisrael, he wrote the Seder Rishmila and began writing the Sam and Siddur. Because when he was outside of Eretz Yisrael, and he needed to attach himself to the security blanket of the Jewish people, the letters of the Aleph Beis and Tefillah, and the Sefer Orsa Torah was written by Rav Kook, but it was compiled in the way that it's currently organized by Rav Tzvi Huda. He writes explicitly that in the same way that his father needed to reach for a security blanket, in a moment of vulnerability, Rav Tzvi Huda reached for his security blanket, which was Torah. And for the last little bit, I've been thinking a lot about Rav Tzvi Huda. I don't as much know the Torah of Rav Tzvi Huda. I'm thinking about Rav Kook and Rav Tzvi Huda, the two of them representing two different types of tefillin. Rav Kook was the Tefillin Shadrash, there's no question about it. But I guess he's supposed to put on the Tefillin Shadrash first, so I'll start with Rav Tzuyehuda. Rav Tzuyehuda lived at a time when he had to make certain concrete decisions. He had to decide, not what the dream, what the vision, what the theoretical nevuah of the yeshiva was going to be, but what the halacha l'maysa, what Cook's vision of the yeshiva would look like. Rav Tzvi Huda had to decide because Rav Kook never saw Jewish control in the way that we have it. Tzvi and Shalosh and Tzvi and Shad have the same parashios, but Tzvi and Shad is all in one compartment. There's no, there's not really much room for having different ideas existing together in the same way. In theory, a person can wear the tefillin shayat without a tefillin shayat. There's no problem with doing that. But a tefillin shayat without the tefillin shayat is like... Rav Kook was the tefillin shayat. Rav Kook's first sefer that he put on halacha was a book on, on tefillin. The tachas of, of the book, Be'etzem, was to make sure that Jews were wearing tefillin here and not here. That was it. To move the tefillin from here up to here, that's it. That's where Rav wanted. He wrote a whole book just so that Jews would move the tefillin slightly up to here. Rav Kook is the tefillin shalrosh because Rav Kook had the ability to have four compartments at any given time. There was no distinction between, like I said before, between writing poems of Torah, writing halachos, chuvos, writing an explanation in Primisa Torah about what the upcoming holiday is about. It was all one in you. And we know that Tzadikim explained that sometimes, and you'll see this occasionally, you look at pictures of Lubavitch Rebbe, Lubavitch Rebbe's tefillin were a little bit down here. You can see that sometimes by Tzadikim. And there's many writings on this Indian of tzaddikim, sometimes their tefillin are going a little bit down beneath the place where it's supposed to be, so that then they can put it back up. And in doing so, to lift up all of the Jewish people. To be able to pull the tefillin, shalrosh, up from here to here, you need a teacher like Rav Kook. You need someone like Rav Kook who can look at you with eyes, with the Ayin Yona like Rav Kook writes about in Orsa Kodesh to be able to find the Nakud Tova in every single person. To be able to see that, okay, your tefillin slipped a little bit down, but just as no one would be insulted if someone comes over to you, someone who you love, and they say, you know, your tefillin is a little off, and you just push it back up. 
Rav Kook was asking us to look in the mirror, look at our own tefillin, and to look at the Pe'er Yisrael of every other Jew, and to find a way to just slightly elevate ourselves. The time of Motzei Shabbos is the time of the tefillin slipping down on a certain level, and Shama feels this Yerida, which is why it's such a powerful time to be able to, to pick yourself back up. When we succeed at picking ourselves back up on Motzei Shabbos, that's the time for Eliyahu to come. So I believe with complete faith that sitting in this little room with our tefillos and with our Yerida from Shabbos and sitting together to be able to sing a few Nikunim, Hashem should send a light into the world that Besimcha and Bechedva people want to pick up their tefillin, whatever that means for them, to pick up their Shabbos, to pick up their Kashas, to pick up their learning Torah, davening on time, simple things. Keep it of aim, show bias.
Davidov was talking about about tefillin and the pe'er. Now there's a halacha or the, a teaching we learn out from tefillin that the totafos, the extension of the tefillin down to the rest of the body, is b'chol lashon. It's a lashon afriki. It's a foreign language. And this foreign language being included in the mitzvah of tefillin, Chazal described to us, and the tzaddikim understand, that it's a description of the power of tefillin, that the power of tefillin has the capacity to be so expressive of its holiness that even the languages that are distant from holiness are subsumed and transformed within the tefillin into Kedusha. And so the inclusion, the inclusion of Lashon Ha'amimin, the 70 Lashonos other than Lashon HaKodesh, is because the power of Lashon HaKodesh is so powerful that it can descend even into the foreign languages and reveal itself hidden in there. And by elevating the foreign languages, by raising our tefillin back up, what we're doing is we are being Magdil Torah V'yadira, we're showing that the Torah is not only said in Lashon HaKodesh, but it can be said in all the Lashonos as well. Not only that, but Rabbi Nachman in the 19th teaching in Lukut Maran and the Maharami Prague, Maharami Prague, who was one of the, the spiritual fathers, spiritual grandfathers of, of Maran Haraya, he implies or says nearly explicitly that in truth, we see this in the midst of Shnai Mikad Ve'echad Targum, that the Torah itself is Lashon HaKodesh, and our job is to include Targum, include translation, foreign languages, into the Torah. And the Maharal in Tiferes Yisrael says that on a certain level, Targum, translation, is of a lofter spiritual value than Lashon HaKodesh itself, on a certain level, obviously. Because Lashon HaKodesh is a language, at least it's sedimented, it's expressive, it's the building blocks of reality, but the light of Targum, the capacity to translate, is the willingness to descend away from Lashon HaKodesh, away from clarified vision of reading the words of the tzaddikim themselves, and a descent down into the possibility of misunderstanding and mistranslation, which is the world of the Tamidim, the world of Targum. And so the act of translation, on the one hand, it looks lower, but it is in truth the highest capacity of revealing the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that the Amuna, the, the Tefillin, the Kedusha, is so saturating that it saturates even the foreign languages which come to try and translate it. In the Sefer Reish Milin, where of Kuk, is describing the building blocks of reality, the only place that he could find comfort, in describing the letter Aleph, he says as follows. He says, Ha'ulpan, Zehu Targum Halimud. Ulpan, the implication of the letter Aleph is the translation of study. The soul knows that anything emerges into itself by way of study, by way of hearing somebody else say it, is not rooted in its source. You want to know what the source is? It's that inner voice, that inner thought that cannot find expression. That was and will be the, the lot of all people on that big day and that time where there'll be no more need to learn from anybody else. There'll be no more need for a teacher. No more need for the art of translation. Everybody is going to know me from the small to the big. Study is translation. 
the hither side of a clarified vision that emerges spontaneously within the mind itself, but rather a descent towards building myself back up from distortion into clarity, to move from the darkness into the light, to move from the lower tefillin back to raising them up again. Lo ha'aros it's not the spontaneous expression of the soul, ki ela masa, but rather it's slumber. Zaisi tairos hayra'as ha'alef bishmo, this is what the letter Aleph teaches us. The letter Aleph, the beginning of all things, still tells us the fact that it's still a translation of that thing which rests beyond the beginning. Rav Kuk's his whole Indian was to teach us the power of Targum, that we can be Matargim Arnashamos as well. Rav Kuk was Matargim his Nisham and it became Torah. Why can't we be Matargim Arnashamos as Tamidim of Rav Kuk? And the light of Targum is to one, on the one hand, realize that this is the best I can express myself. On the other hand, to always realize that it is not yet the truest thing in the world. Because the truest thing is the Rabbonu Shlogam, which can't ever find itself in Osios. Until then, it's Targum. Until then, it's Terdema. It's the slumber of the spirit, which is the same gematria as Targum. And the act of Targum, what Rav Davidol is doing, this is V'david Makar Kerbachol Oz. What's dancing? Why does David dance with all of his strength? Because the dance is to be al-regalachas, and then to have another regal. It's to be in Lashon HaKodesh, and then to fall down into the Lashon Esa'amim. To be in the clarity of Lashon HaKodesh, and then to descend into the disclarity of translation. And the willingness to go up and down, and up and down, and up and down, to elevate the tefillin again, is the dance. It's the Rikud of David Malka Mashiach, it's the Rikud of Moitzei Shabbos, where we leave the world of Lashon HaKodesh, and descend down into Targum. But we're told there, specifically, not to be afraid, because when a person dances with all their might, when a person is metargame something, they uncover the light that's hidden even in farther places, thereby revealing that Oyrus HaToyro, the light of Rav Kuk, can express itself in English, can express itself in not only that, but be beautified in English, to transform the vessels of English into the light of the Lashon of Rav Kuk. It's not Stama translation, it's the light of Rav Kuk in English. It's a very different thing. And Ba'ezra Sashem, we should be Zaycha to understand the secret of Targum to the point that we no longer need the, the books, we no longer need the translations, we no longer need the, the Hamshacha, we can be present face to face with the Rabbi Nishlein and Ba'ezra Sashem. <laughs>
I'm mechubar directly through that letter to Hashem. Before anything else happens, before I translate it, what it means to me, that letter connects me to Hashem. But of course, that's not what Hashem wants. Hashem Kivyachal wants to have a brainchild together with us. Rav Kook writes that the way that we bridge the gap between Torah Lishma to mean Torah for the sake of understanding the Torah and Torah Lishma for the sake of clinging to Him. Rav Kook writes that the way that we do that is through creating Chidushet Torah, through studying the Balkore's words and being targeting those words into our own language to make it ours, to bring it down to us. When we do that, so then we become V'yula Basar Echad, like Rashi says, Hadu Adun Chava become V'yula Basar Echad, by having a child together. If there's one thing that Rukuk didn't have patience for, it was a religion that claimed that you could have a physical child with Hashem. One of the reasons, one of the reasons that the tzaddik had no patience for it is because in doing so, it removes the possibility of understanding that what Hashem wants is that the Torah and Am Yisrael together should have something called Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat which becomes unified. The Balkore and the Maturgaman together are saying something which neither of them are saying, but both of them are saying together. But then Rav Kook says, but sometimes the Balkari doesn't have enough strength to say what he wants to say loud enough. Or sometimes the Balkari is saying something which is so high that the Maturgaman doesn't know exactly how to translate it. Spoiler alert. And even if you can translate the words to explain what those words mean, this is not an official commentary on Arasatara. This is reflections on Arasatara. This is David Weinberg's reflections on Arasatara. But if, if you would have written it, and you still can, then reflections on Arasatara, and you should. Let the margins, I made good margins here, there's big margins. Let the Oros HaTorah of your interpretation of what it means to you, of your Targum, despite the fact that you feel like you can't raise your voice high enough to be able to, to match the Balkore, whether the Balkore is Rufkuk, or whether Rufkuk is the Maturgaman and Hashem is the Balkore, however, exactly in that never-ending hierarchy of when you feel like it's too high for you, and you feel like it's too much for you, know that the Balkore has a chiv to come down to your level, and to speak a little bit softer so that you'll be able to answer with the same voice. I see my friend Yisrael is here. I promised him if he came, I would play in the name. Rav Kook, um, Rav Kook, I had a Talmud named the Nazir. It wasn't directly David uh, Cohen. He wasn't directly involved in the writing of this sefer, although what do I know? Maybe he was in some way. I'm sure they were talking to each other. And um, 
the story of how he became a Talmud of Rav Kook. In short, is that when Rav Kook was in Switzerland, when Rav Kook was not in Eretz Yisrael, the Nazir, who had been hearing stirrings of this tzaddik, wanted very desperately to go meet him, told himself in, the, in, in a river, and went to go spend some time with Rav Kook. He found Rav Kook, found Rav Kook to be conversant in, uh, I think they spoke about Greek philosophy in the original Greek, in the original, in that meeting, because that was what he was studying, he was in university. And he was deeply disappointed, like that's what I came to speak to Rav Kook about. Somehow, you know, something that he said, that's where it led him, you know? If you ever had that experience of being with the tzaddik, you're like, you ended up talking about something like, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's how it went, like, that's where I brought it. Like, The next part of the story, I can't explain to you how this makes sense, but somehow, the Nazir was invited to spend the night wherever Cook was staying. I guess that's like how it was back then. You just like you go visit a tzaddik, and then you could like sleep over. <laughs> Can we bring that back? We should bring that back. <laughs> so he, he slept over. He slept over the night. He got his own room, and he says. Tossing and turning the whole night in my bed. Because I'm, you know, did I bring it to Greek philosophy in the original? Did he bring it to Greek philosophy in the original? Like, how did we get there? Where, who is this man? Who is this angel? Who is this man? What is this? And he's tossing and turning in his bed. And before you know it, you know, he hears the birds chirping. And he starts to hear the footsteps of Rav Kook early in the morning, getting ready for Vasikin, walking back and forth. And Rav Kook starts to say the Birch Sashachar with the Nigin. He starts to sing the Birch Sashachar. And the Nazir of David Kohn at the time, David Kohn, puts his ear to the door and he starts listening. And here's the sound of Rav Kook reciting the words of the Birch HaShachar and reciting the Akedah Yitzchak. And he says, after davening, I immediately sat down to write a letter to myself, to the world, I don't know to who. A mechtav. At Matzasi li Rav. I found my, I found my Rabbi. And then he talks about how for the next 12 years or so he was studying with Rav Kook until he finally had the guts to say to him, Rebbe, is there some system here? Kedusha, for sure, I see, but is there some seder, is there order in this chaos of holiness that you're... So if Cook assured him that there's, there's a seder, and he sat down to write, and that's why we have Arza Kodesh from, from the Nazir, that he organized of Cook's thought. So all of us are Talmidim trying to find our Rav. It's not about Rav Cook per se. It's, I mean, the Negro is written about Rav Cook. But there's not a Jew in the world who's not searching for their Rebbe. There's not a, a Jewess in the world who's not searching for her Rebbe, her Rebbeism. And this is a tefillah of somebody who felt like they found theirs. And who's seeing into the future of us finding ours if we haven't already and deepening the connection so much more if we have.
It was after I heard Yosef Karduner, so like, that's probably what did it. Uh, I think I was 15 years old. I was sitting in my parents' basement. And we said we should play a... We should write a song, we should write a again. My friend Chaim Feigenbaum and I were sitting in the basement. And we wrote this nigan, which is a, a beautiful way to say thank you. And then if Judah's going to say a few words.
Sorry that I'm late. Shalom once I didn't want to make the Messiah look bad. Wow. Rina Mazeltov. I have it's like the same feeling like at your wedding. Meaning, like if the Gemara wouldn't say in Brachos that poskan bechorach sanya, that when you're somewhere a guest in someone's place, you have to we begin menshlachkeit bechorach sanya, asking permission from the host before we say something. We say bereshut when we're in someone's home. Rabbi Avram Shapira Zatzal, as the Rosh Hashiva of Merkas Harav said in the name of the Rav. It's like we need to learn sneers from a cat. If you don't, this, it's intuitive. But we're somewhere, we, we, I mean, we express appreciation for our host. Avram <coughs> would say that when it's so obvious that without the host, we wouldn't be here, it reminds us that we're all being hosted by the host of hosts, that there's a, there's a host for the host. And that this amazing story or this amazing gathering that's taking place, that's being hosted in the home of the Rav, the merit of Rina and Rav Davido bringing us together, it's so obvious that this, the, the parchment that this amazing story is being written on and this canvas that this beautiful painting is being expressed on is, is all Hashem. And um, as I thank you to Hashem for, for, for hosting us. And Rav Davidol and Rina for being hosted by the Bonshalom, inviting us to be a part of this amazing simcha. 
the week of Gula. First of all, I want to say I agree with everything that Joey said. God, I need a story for Korea. This is the week of, uh, this is the week where we're celebrating the Geula of Pnei Satora, the week that we're celebrating Hashem's redemption, Hashem's freedom to be, freedom of expression in the world. Like the Rebbe Shab said, Yudhez Kislev is La Hashem HaYeshua. When the wellsprings begin to, and continue to spread to the outside, I mean, Encha Ketz Megula Mezuh. Cherry tomatoes are amazing, and the cranes that you see all over Yishalayim are amazing. But there's no more clear sign of the redemption than the redemption of this unbelievably deep and important work in the world that's coming through the pipeline of Rav Davidal out into the world. You could only know if these walls could speak, and the walls speak here. The Avne Bayes and the Koros Bayes of Beit Rav are, are singing Shira, are singing Shira at the last moments of darkness of night before dawn. They're singing Shira because the job is almost done. And what a privilege for all of us to be able to be here to celebrate with you the, this amazing accomplishment, this incredible, just like just getting us over that last hump to Gula. And like the Alta Rebbe said, anybody who celebrates with me has has you know knows that I'm with them. And anyone who learns my Torah has Yichidus with me. To be here with you and, and with everyone together, I, it's uh, what a what a what a what a simcha, what a simcha of the end of days, what a simcha of the end of days. No, just it's it's unbelievable that we're here. What's happening? It's it's not a drill. <laughs> it's really, it's really happening. <laughs> like, I was like, right? You have to pinch yourself. You have to pinch yourself. It's like, like so. The Rambam wants to understand, like, tries to understand, like what malachim are. Really happen, like malachim mamish, like Rashi, right? Like Rashi's trying to wrap his head around this. Like everything Rashi says is actually mamish, because that's what Rashi's doing. He's saying like actual pshat. He's like, no, no, mamish. Like, really, really. Like, and he's not trying to bet, like, trying to sound from He's saying mamish is actually, it's, act, it's like, it's real, it's really happening. And the Rambam is saying, like, any time you have malachim, that's really a dream state. There's something prophetic taking place. Meaning, that, that dance between Yaakov and Esav, this whole Shabbos, that, this dance that's taking place, that's, that's like, that tether leading night into dawn and the shira that's coming out of that capoeira kind of interaction that Ben Kodesh L'chol and Shabbos and, and, and Motzi Shabbos that we're in now Mamish it's like it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's real it's real this is real this is real and that like and there, there was a dance that was happening with Esav and Yaakov and according to the Rambam so like it was just Yaakov <coughs> According, I mean, the Rambam says that every time you have malachim, so it was that was unfolding in prophecy, and it was it was it was some higher form of consciousness and revelation 
that they were experiencing, that was being experienced, and that felt very real. Like we know, heart races. You have like the imagination, and the subconscious comes out in dreams. I mean, this is this is the longest Leil Shabbos of the year, Kislev the Shabbos. I mean, the dreams that come to be so visceral. It's like the revelation is so open, and who more than the Rav? Who more than of Cook was, was was helping frame that Nevoah is something real. And even you see these malachim and that dance with Esav, where dance, they say to, you know, dance like no one's watching. Like Yaakov was Levado, he was dancing by himself, he was Levado. Or Moshe Shapiro as a tzal, when he was, um, when he was a bar mitzvah bacher. When he was a bar mitzvah bacher, he grew up in Tel Aviv, and and he used to go, he, he sat and he was in the Lutvish Yeshivas. He was already at a young age, he was advanced. I mean, I say that about, you know, I don't say that about everybody, but by, for sure by Moshe Shapira, you know. And he, he, on Shabbos, toward the end of Shabbos, he used to go to the, to the Gerish people, to the Polish Chassidim, because he wanted to draw from there also. And and he described how an experience he had by Shalshudis in the Polish Shtibel, in the Gerish Shtibel in Tel Aviv, a conversation he had with like a, an older survivor shaped the way he understood his place in the world and, and really reframed so much of what ultimately became such a, a hallmark, of, a defining characteristic of, of Ramosha. That's how sitting by Shalshudis, the person Told him, told him the following vart, the following teaching. You know what? When the Aron, when the Aron Habris came, out from like the Kiryat Gat, past Beit Shemesh, Tel and then made its way. I mean, these are the same roads, right? Like we built, we built, we don't build, we don't build roads on archaeological ruins. The roads then are the roads now. They find the kavos and stuff on the side of the roads, but those roads are the same roads. I mean, like, literally, starting thirty-eight Kiryat Gat. Past Beit Shemesh, you go onto one, you go past, you know, Beit Meir, the Aron Bris Hashem, that's where it came, and it stopped along the way. It finally came up to Yushalayim. David Amelech was so overwhelmed with joy, this Giloy of Hashem, so David came out to greet the Aron. David Mecharker Bechol Oz Avaya. David just, he just threw himself out there. The way the Piyasetzner describes in his diary, just somersaults and reckless abandon and just dancing, you know, like nobody's watching, you know, just dancing, dancing, just dancing, as if there's no one else in the world. Thing is, though, he was a king, and all eyes were on him. And and his wife, Michal Batshaul, was watching from the window saying, Oh my god, this is crazy. He's dancing with all of his strength. He's dancing, going wild, flipping back and forth, doing his thing. And, and Michal Bat Shaul is, is like saying, oh, this is too much. And she's critical of him. She's critical of her husband. She says, you're dancing like one of the Reikim, like someone who's empty. And the way that this Yid explained to her, Moshe Shapiro, saying, what she was saying was, you've emptied yourself. You've given yourself over completely You've shown everyone what you are and all that you've got, meaning you've just put yourself out there. You know, like if, when you when you like, I don't know, when the subwoofer is going and it's like Mozart Shoshana or it's in your, I, you know, yeah. and it's like I don't know, 
or like you do a somersault at a wedding, if you know, your somersault almost dislocated my shoulder, I think like, you just like, something happens, you just take, it's like, you know, levado, bayomahu, and you just like throw yourself, around. like it just happens, maybe it's in Torah, maybe it's Purim, maybe it's just, I don't know, you have a good soundtrack in the, in the living, something, and you're just running, and the endorphins knock, and there's just something that happens there, and then you just you throw yourself out there, and it's like, and like, and then you kind of like feel exhausted from it. And you're like, well, I just gave my all. I put it all. I put it all out there for everyone to see. And Michal Bachel says, "You're the king. It's not the way. Like you, like um, like a, like a person drunk in the street or something who like says their TED talk, does drop their, says their says their thing, and like you've nothing. Like that's it. You said your bit. Like that's it. There's nothing. And Davar Malach." First, he said something against the shver, which was a, which was a great nugget. <laughs> like he, first he said he called her. First was Michal Bat Shaul. Okay, like I'm not your dad. First of all, he says to her, he says, not, not only, not only was was I bamakom, vinikaloti od mizos. I, you think that I that I, you think I gave it my all? You think that there's all that's all there is to me that I've like emptied my, my, my battery pack, like I've shown everything that I can here in my Avodos Hashem. You think I'm dancing like there's nobody looking? I'm Mecharker Lifnei Hashem. God is my witness. There's so much more where that came from. You think that I'm like, this is everything? I did a backflip, a double lutz, whatever it's called, like a thing. You think that there's nothing more that I can do for Kvot Hashem? That there's no more I could be most nefesh for myself to say that it's just about God, not about me and my own kavod. I see shafel be'ina. There's so much more where that came from. I'm 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 an iceberg. I'm an ishpela. He says. I'm, I'm, you think I got? You haven't seen anything yet. Just 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 wait. Just watch. To dance like it's not. It's not such like dancing like no one's watching. We're always lifnei Hashem. I think I remember at Vina Davro Bayer Chopa. I said this exact thing. David Mechaker Bechol Oz of Nehashem. Alzenemar. Alzenemar. To borrow from Ramosha Shapira, who was a person who revealed a lot, revealed more by what he didn't reveal. I saw Ramosha Shapira at the Talbai wedding, and I was at some of those shirim, and I didn't understand anything. But I understood that I didn't understand, meaning like I knew that I didn't understand. And, and when he was quiet and considering, and the Talmud Chachamim were sitting around him, I was just kind of watching from the back in that stuffy room in Or Sameach, trying not to fall asleep or whatever, he understood that there was like something very real happening. And whatever he was revealing, so much more that was beneath the surface. Vaiti Shafal it's not about me. When, when the, the son-in-law of the Kotzker, the Avni Nezer, Bavram, he fell ill, he was sick. He needed a refua. And his father was making big, like big askanas to get people to Davin, and his names was going in WhatsApp groups, and people gathered in the shul, and they, and they had Tehillim groups, and people were adding people into WhatsApp groups and Tehillim groups. Like without asking their permission, and everyone's embarrassed to leave the Tehillim group. So, like, everybody's just Tehillim groups archive, a million archive Tehillim groups, a million archive Tehillim groups. And 
<coughs> and everyone's davening and doing everything. So they went to, they went to the Avni Nezer to Rav Ram's father to share, to like, you know, say, you're someone who's a real Yeshua. I mean, you're, you're of the greats of the generation, like, you know, have a real word of God. And they're telling him, you know, you're, you're someone of the Gon, Rav Ram, really needs a Yeshua. And he goes, ah, that's not such a Gon. Yeah. He actually he writes a lot of Chidusha Torah, he does a lot. Eh, you know, whatever, it's good. He hasn't really done much yet. Yeah, whatever. Anyways, the father was like stared up by it, that his mechutin was so rude. He didn't say anything. According to one way I saw the story, it was like 40 years later. Decades later, he held the puck. Decades later, he said to his son, you know, after his son, thank God, had a great refuah and was back to his full strength, he said to him, I just, there's something to like work out a little bit with, you know, <laughs> like work out like over Thanksgiving dinner, you know, he's going to Zimlaws or something, like, listen, Fourth of July barbecue this time when you're sitting with the share, like, I don't know, maybe the cuts were in his room, maybe he wasn't like, just no, he wasn't so, you know, I don't want to like make you feel bad, but like, the Kutzker wasn't really much of most people, but like, he didn't really, wasn't too excited about all your accomplishments. You know, we were trying to like, tell him you, 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 how important you are in the world and how much tefillah. Navinezer understood exactly what his father-in-law was trying to say, is that, well, as much as I've, as much as I think that he's accomplished in the world, Kutzker was saying, he doesn't, he has so much more to do. Hashem, Needs, needs this person in the world because there's so much yet for him to reveal. So he was memayit. He was just kind of memayit b'kvodo. He was just saying like, yeah, you were He understood his father in law He understood what the Kutzker's intention was, that he still hadn't reached his potential and still wasn't ready to sing that final shira of like the end of the night. Like it still had, he had more to give. And if Cook himself wrote in his diaries and his pinkas that that like when there's, like you're saying, people ask like why he's writing so much and how he's more he's doing and he's giving over and writing and writing. And he said like there's just this, there's this there's this force inside of me that says have or like bring light, just illuminate. And that everything that a person brings out in creativity, in music and in art and in writing and in giving over, it's just the light that's inside that's infinite. We could say alazenamar. <laughs> Nagun and right and and I saw the painting from the the paint line. and uh, and and writing and Torah and and Torah and light and more you have you have it? I, the whole, I, I, oh, I was there save it man save it save that save it nah, you're gonna make money for that one day Al Zenemar there's a or a gunners, there's a wild light inside that's coming out, and we're experiencing it. We're part of this light that, that Rina and David will bring out into the world. I want to say here. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> there's so much more. In the, it's an orange soap. There's an orange soap. And I want to bless the blessing of a friend who loves you and is, is honored to be sitting here and excited beyond belief for this to say there's so much more where that came from there's a oragonos latzadikim that you're tapping into and we haven't seen anything yet and when the Rav said havu or he's talking about you he's talking about us also he's talking about all of us 
And, and when we get together like this, and we say, La Shema Yeshua, we're not doing this for, we're not doing this for, I mean, a little cover is not so bad, a little more money is not so bad, but like, it's for Kvod Shamayim, it's to, it's, it's to get the ball over the, the finish line, it's to, it's to bring that final dawn, to sing that last Shira, to bring out that last Torah, like the Zara says, with this, with this we're going to bring, with the Sodos HaTorah, we're going to bring about the end of, 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 this, of this exile. And then the Sheikh will come and say, sorry, I'm being late. <laughs> it was worth the wait. Hashem Azor. You should continue. Rina and Davidal, with Davidal and Bate Weinberg. And all of us were holding on to you and were basking in your light and singing your songs and learning your Torah. We should just know this so much more where that came from. And if we only believed, we're not dancing like there's no one watching, we're dancing and Hashem is watching and having big nachas from it. And if we would just know that we could just let it let loose and be mecharker b'chol oz, lifne Hashem, like, like that's it, and not be afraid of people. Hashem oz la'amo yitain, Hashem is saying, I'm giving you Torah, and I gave you now reflections on oros Torah. Take it, let's learn with it, let's, let's live it. And let's dance with it. Adbias Goel Sedek Bim Heir Bimenu Mamish.